Hello, and welcome to the Crate and Crowbar. Um, I think this is episode 223, uh, and this is Thursday the 25th of, hang on, where are we? January. Mm. Um, it's just me, because <laughs> Chris is ill, and Tom F is jet lagged and Tom S is definitely not here right now so um hello also I'm supposed to be uh well (laughs) we send the magazine to print uh yesterday and today was kind of the recuperation day but I am also (laughs) reviewing Subnautica so I am going to try a thing where I record this podcast while also playing Subnautica (laughs) to try and A, maximise my time, but also B, to um, try out a new thing in terms of uh, incorporating a game and playing a game (laughs) into talking about a game and also it makes it a bit easier for me um, given that I don't have anyone to bounce ideas off <laughs> so you'll have hopefully the game audio I'm going to try and not trigger any story related stuff because um, obviously there's spoilers within that for people who are planning on playing so what I'm going to do is carry on pottering and stocking up on resources and building some things and uh, offering a bit of thought and hopefully insight <laughs> into what that means. <laughs> we had a question as well about Subnautica and I think that it actually helps both set the scene and also acts as a kind of content warning because I think a lot of people um, even if they're not phobic of the sea or deep sea related things I know that it can make some people uncomfortable or um, trigger kind of feelings of claustrophobia or (laughs) worry so I'll lead in with that question it comes from Jonathan and (laughs) I have a bone to pick with Pip about subnautica a grudge. I listened to many a pod where Pip described her fun with fishes, and despite suffering from mild thalassophobia, I thought I'd give it a go. But the fun with fishes is a ruse! The game starts you in sunny, tropical shallows with pretty fish and the occasional irritating, bitey fish. But from there out, it's all terrifying, dark depths filled with malevolent bear moths. Um, (laughs) the game spawns the blueprints for the useful survival gear um, out of the safe zone and each trip for me was a white knuckle dash full of nope (laughs) 
<laughs> the updates only seemed to ramp up the horror when they introduced a. <laughs> I nearly carped my pants. Excellent pun. <laughs> While I do want to play the final story, now it's complete. The thought of repeating those unarmed mad dashes out into infested waters is giving me pause. That aside, I really did enjoy playing the game. I wouldn't have pushed myself to go deeper if I hadn't found the fiction engaging and mechanics really fun. It was terrifying because the sea is so well realised. It's a really good survival slash world building game. Oh, sorry survival slash building game and a unique setting so have any of you played a game that you knew would trigger a phobia and how did that work out um i might see whether we can save that specific question for um when the others are around simply because i have a couple of phobias um well they tend to revolve around injections and so when that happens in a game i am out i will never play the rest of it so it's you know things like bioshock or whatever (laughs) no (laughs) never um all the best Jonathan. So thank you for the intro, Jonathan. Um, and I am going to get out of this menu screen so that we can start bumbling around. Okay. So the first thing to note is probably that I have set up a base. Um, my base is located really near a thermal vent and part of that is because this isn't actually my first time playing Subnautica. I spent a whole bunch of time, as regular listeners will know, in early access. Um, I think it must have been a couple of years ago now. Uh, goodness. <laughs> um and what happened there was I decided to build a base with all of these different uh, planter beds outside the windows and put loads of deep sea flora in there and just essentially set up a little pleasant holiday home under the sea with a nice garden um and I've actually gravitated towards doing something very similar here, but a lot of the elements that I can incorporate now actually have more functionality. So there's an element of um, cultivating some resources and also um, there are more decorative options. For example, upstairs in one of my pods um, I'll try and do actually I'll try and do an audio walkthrough <laughs> of the area so starting from the hatch that you come into you go into a little circular room and either side there is a medkit fabricator so that I can always heal up after a particularly harrowing journey <laughs> 
Um, next to those on the right, I have two lockers for storage. On the left, I have a fabricator for making things. Um, this is the more sort of small scale stuff. So, um, food related or crafting your basic um, resources into the next step up. Um, so if I open that up, it's things like, um, you can pick up metal salvage bits from wreckage outside and then convert those into titanium, which is a core basic resource. Um, I can also pick up Creepvine, which is the game's version of those giant kelps that you see at things like Monterey Bay Aquarium, which is where they had the launch party for obvious reasons. Um, you also can use salt deposits and coral tube samples, combine those to make bleach, which you then use to disinfect water early on, and that is one of the, the ways of getting a more efficient water um, resource cycle, I guess, going. Um, what else? You can make electronics like uh, batteries, uh, computer chips, copper wire, things like that. And you can also craft bits and pieces for yourself. So things like um, a rebreather or different types of suit for your for your little diver. Okay, so continuing around the room on the left, past the fabricator and past another storage locker, you get to uh, a living wall of leaves, which was just a nice decorative touch, I think. I don't think it does anything in terms of the, you know, air quality or anything. And I also have an... Um, a grow bed that is for um, terrestrial plants rather than submersed <laughs> plants. So that's things like, um, you know, I've got a, a melon that I actually should eat because I am running low on my food meter. So let's see. What I'm going to do is I am going to use my knife to slash one of the melons because what that does is it um, generates seeds. Um, and you get more seeds than just the one melon, if you see what I mean. So if you pick a melon, you get one whole melon. And if you stab it with a knife, you get four melon seeds. So, you know, it's things like that, being aware of that particular crafting loop. There you go. That's um, me going from starving to having slightly less than starving on my food meter. So let me just take care of that stuff. Gonna eat some more things. Okay. Right. 
Uh, and then moving past that, I've got a more ornamental plant pot thing um, and a, a little glass table with some science kit on the top. I don't want to include a spoiler there. Um, and next to the storage lockers on the right, there's another table, another bit of lab equipment. And one of the walls is a window that looks out onto my fledgling garden this time around. So I can see different kelp. I can see um, there's a plant that looks like a red circular basket with a core of like a almost like a pearl but obviously organic inside there are mushrooms um, some of which I can use for um, making batteries if you combine them with copper that's it so yeah um, and I also prioritised the ones that will glow in the dark so that um, I could just see a different type of <laughs> landscape as I look out of the window. Oh, and I made a coffee machine. <laughs> okay, cool. So then you go forwards down a corridor. You go into another... Uh, it, the room is blank at the moment. I did actually put something in this earlier, but then I decided that I'm going to probably do something else with this particular room. So I've just left it almost entirely blank, but with a window that looks out onto the garden, sort of. So the garden is basically an inner courtyard, and this is the second of the four corners that would look into it. Then we go right down another corridor into another blank room, although I have put uh, glass windows in every single um, free wall that isn't a corridor opening. And on one side, you can actually see the thermal vent erupting. That's what you can hear, hopefully, this kind of pulsing roar in the background. Excellent. Okay, so, and obviously this is the third of the windows that looks out onto the courtyard. Okay, right. So you can go right again down a glass corridor. So on your right you can see the courtyard again um, and if you follow that to the end I actually built a glass observatory which is essentially just a glass ball where you can look out and so I can sort of see uh, I've built it so that it goes out slightly further than the um, oh what's it called you know the the foundation plates that support the structure just so that it feels really like you're you know in a glass bubble looking out over the over the ocean and I've put a little decorative tree in there um okay let's go back to that uh room that looked out over the thermal vent 
Um, and so if instead of going right down to the observatory, you go straight ahead, this room I have built a uh, water filtration machine. And so this one is... Ooh, that's nearly ready. Excellent. Um, so that's on that sort of ground floor level there's a ladder so you can actually go up one floor where I have started to build what would essentially be sleeping quarters you don't need to sleep in the game um, or at least I wonder if there's an extra extra difficulty setting where you might but basically this is the I'm playing on the one where you worry about food, water, health, uh, oxygen, you know, stuff like that. Um, and there's a kind of more casual or lower stress one where you can get rid of the food and drink reliance thing. Um, anyway, so ooh, that was the sound of uh, water being ready I believe yeah cool right now building that machine took a lot more in the way of resources and uh, they were I believe they would have been the ones that were harder to find I'm just going to bring up the recipe and see or the blueprint rather and see what it would have been uh... ah okay yes so for this you need uh, three titanium some copper wire uh, and a thing called aerogel which is fascinating in real life anyway but it's a thing you have to figure out how to synthesize in this um, and also you need the water filtration machine blueprint I think um, which you get those by going out and picking things up and scanning them with your scanner and you know learning more about your environment so yeah uh, okay so in the water filtration room you can go right down a corridor that runs parallel to the one that goes to the observatory and this is a three-story block going downwards sort of dropping away from the main floor of my um, base and I haven't really decided what I'm going to do with this section yet either um, I think I'm going to use it for a bit more uh, resource cultivation but I don't want to go further into that in case it's spoiler territory for people that want to to tinker around in things for themselves um, and I also have a module uh, slightly uh, slightly divorced from this complex where my tiny little submersible, the sea moth is docked at the moment so I'm just going to exit the base through 
the hatch actually I'm going to get some food first and clear a bit of space in my inventory if possible hmm what can I downsize on hmm <laughs> this is the part where it would have probably been good if I had um prepared a little bit more for for this by you know having things set up so I could just leave but anyway um actually do you know what I'm going to use one of my tools so the knife was one of them the scanner which I've mentioned is another and then there is also stuff like flashlights and um other more powerful cutting and repairing devices and there's a thing called a habitat builder which is the tool that you use to do the majority of your base building so you'll you'll equip it using one of the hotkeys or by scrolling a mouse wheel and then what you do is you just right click and it brings up the construction menu so you can look through things like base pieces exterior modules which is stuff like the solar panels that you use to power this stuff um, there's also the interior stuff so that's like the ladders between the floors the water filtration and so on um, interior modules which covers the grow bed and um, a, a little aquarium and the med kit fabricator and the lockers and things and then misc which is you know like the little table and the bed and stuff like that so um, what I am going to do is I'm going to make Okay, I'm going to make myself another little grow bed thing just so that I can get rid of the excess of these seeds. Cool. Then you click to use the planter and you deposit some bits in there. Hooray! I might also build another storage locker because that will be useful. Although, so I can start building it, but I need one extra bit of quartz. Aha! I have one of those in my other locker. Hooray! There we go. And transfer all of the things into that that I do not immediately need for survival on this particular trip. So uh, I'm going to make sure that I have enough water and because I upgraded my knife it is now a kind of thermo knife thing that glows at you know a sort of <laughs> high temperature and 
what it means is that uh, when I equip it and stab <laughs> it's so sad stab a fish as it like swims past minding its own business then it instantly cooks it and I can eat it without having to go back and use the fabricator so uh, hang on a second I really think I'm going to sneeze and <laughs> I have no idea whether my um my microphone setup will absolutely freak out on that front so <laughs> okay uh, that's me trying to stab oh oh I feel bad stab a hoverfish and then I pick up the cooked hoverfish and I eat it nom 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 okay hmm. so right now I'm swimming through oh you can probably hear that <laughs> I'm swimming through a kelp forest area biome and these things that you can hear you know <laughs> screaming are like long almost eel like fish but sort of a cross between an eel and a crocodile they're called stalkers and I really like them even though they make these terrifying noises because they seem to really enjoy playing with the bits of um, salvage and I just think that's really lovely they just seem to be having a nice time um, right so I don't know if you will have heard uh, the sound that just played, but uh, yeah, cool. So that was alerting me that I had 30 seconds of oxygen remaining in my tank. Um, I actually have a spare tank that I've just swapped in, so that's good <laughs> but um, obviously you have to remember to replenish those either by switching them in and out of the active slot when you are above the surface or somewhere with breathable air um, or wait no that's the only way that you do it um, <laughs> and so essentially like I have been in the I've been in the situation where I have decided that I was going to go down into a cave system and I thought I would use one um, oxygen tank's worth to get, you know, as far as possible and then the other one to get back and then I got to the end of the first one, swapped swapped um, the full one in and found that I hadn't remembered to replenish that one and suffocated slash drowned um, and it was entirely my own fault so yeah mm. <laughs> oh. okay cool so what I'm going to do now that I've had a bit of a snack is I'm going to get into the my little sea moth and oh, and I'm going to go and try and find some lithium deposits and some lead uh, deposits so it's fully repaired 
and fully powered. Good. Okay, cool. Great. Where shall we go? I'm going to go northwest. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so I think. I could have timed that better because I spent the entirety of daylight uh, showing you around a base that you cannot see. And now I'm heading out into the dark. So <laughs> that's fine. Um, this is the sea moth that you can hear. It's like a little almost like the scooter of submersibles and what I'm doing is just sort of using its headlamps to comb across the seafloor and, and just see what resources I might be passing they are bound to particular um, you know biomes and particular rock formations and things like that so um, it's you know it's not a trial and error type thing uh, for example this is a sandstone outcrop that I'm about to break to see what's inside and that was a little gold deposit so Cool. Okay. Ooh. No, I've got that. <laughs> the annoying thing about the sea moth is that I have a tendency to forget to keep an eye on the um, the maximum depth it can go before it starts getting crushed which is 200 meters and it lets you know <laughs> that it's really unhappy with you when you get to 200 meters and then some so it's um yeah <laughs> uh but obviously if you don't immediately start ascending it decides that uh, it will explode so <laughs> obviously you might want to um, pay attention to that oh, okay yes <laughs> so the noises that you can hear are from fish that are significantly less friendly than the um, than the stalker fish that I was talking about earlier. So these ones I don't want to sneak up on me. Uh, the stalkers just sort of largely play and leave me alone. Um, whereas these ones will just eat my head. <laughs> cool. Mm -hmm. Right. I can go deeper than the submersible, but um, it then has an effect on, you know, the rate at which you consume oxygen, stuff like that. I think. Okay, cool. Mm. Yes. I have found some resource deposits, but it is not the one that I wanted. Okay, hmm, right. 
Boop, doop, boop. Ah. Yeah. So I'm quite far... Mm. <laughs> I'm quite far down, and um, the problem here is... Ah! <clears throat> <laughs> oh no no the problem here is that it's actually relatively easy to get turned around and so you end up in this situation where you're you know running out of oxygen and you've forgotten the way back to the surface or you know you suddenly realize that in trying to avoid being eaten <laughs> you have perhaps lost track of the thing that you were doing or you've you know gone in completely the wrong direction and now it will just take far too long to get back to to where you were so i'm i've done a a loop and found a couple of the things that I wanted. Not not as many as I wanted to. So I'm just going to go back to the sea moth and regroup. Maybe fill, well, definitely fill my oxygen tanks again. So it's really lovely in terms of screenshotable material. <laughs> so I think, um, I well... I have an entire folder full of screenshots on my PC for this game. Um, but yeah, so, and, so you've, you've got an HUD most of the time, you know, which will track things that you've put down in terms of like beacons and, um, just sort of in terms of your main resources and stuff like uh, you can always see the sea moth when that's active um, but oh, just rammed into a thing so I was trying to talk and pilot out of a really tight cave <laughs> um, anyway yes so you can um, I've completely forgotten the point that I was making. Oh yes, if you press F6, you can cycle through a few different um, HUD options, including removing pretty much all of it. So uh, that's a good one to keep in mind for if you are a fan of screenshotting. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, the thing that I'm doing at the moment is there is a story that runs through the game. You actually spawn in having crashed in this ocean on this alien planet. And obviously you're trying to survive, but then, you know, <laughs> that was me just getting... <laughs> rammed by a fish so oh that was a shark <laughs> that sort of snarling noise so yeah it's um so it starts to open up from there you learn how to do basic survival but then it starts to become about you know you've got a mixture of self-directed 
tasks. So obviously that would be things like my yay lead. Thank you. <laughs> um, you've got a mixture of things like my project for um, finding. Oh, that's so pretty. I want to screenshot that. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, this is really difficult because <laughs> to try and minimise the noise that my um, my mechanical keyboard makes on audio camera, <laughs> it actually uh, is better if I record with a towel over both my hands so because it also picks up my uh, mouse clicking and things really badly so I actually cannot see what I'm pressing in terms of you know if I need to find the screenshot key which is one that I don't use often in term, you know in relation to being able to do it with my <laughs> with my hands covered <laughs> okay mm. anyway so yeah so there are things like the wreckage bits that you can investigate uh you can investigate the um the flora and fauna that actually populate the world and then you start digging into the the story um i would say it is entirely possible to play for 70 <laughs> in my case hours uh in that sort of super early access period without having any real concept of the story and not pursuing it even if bits of it were there I was just happy building my base and experiencing the world and putting down little markers so I could go and investigate things that had been interesting as I went past so you know that is a big part of it but this time around because you know review but also because it's now in there in its complete form um, I'm following the story and that gives you uh, some more um, more pointed or directed kinds of quests to, to fulfil great okay so I'm now in a more expansive area it's a kind of sand dunes place with lots of this kind of red kelp grass all over the ocean floor so yeah it's this kind of like slightly scrubby grassland um with lots of red all over it um and then you can kind of hear like the mooing of these kinds of um space cows i guess or space sea cows <laughs> which are just these amazing beasties that i you should definitely if you have any desire to play the game you should discover those yourself i really don't want to ruin this for anybody <laughs> I, I'm just assuming that with, you know, everything that I've said so far, people who would be worried that it's a spoiler will have 
stopped listening long ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'm. <clears throat> where is all of the lead? <laughs> okay. Right, let's go over here. So, something else that I thought might come in useful for people is if any of the sound effects that you're hearing right now might freak you out. They don't me, I find I actually find them really soothing. Um, then, you know, obviously that's another sign that you're comfort level with <laughs> underneath the sea might be very different to mine um, so yeah I, maybe this will help if some people are just not sure if the game is for them um, I am not immune to being freaked out by the game but it's more it's more in the jump scare uh, sort of area of fear because there are some things in the game that I just wasn't expecting to appear right behind me at points or which um, came up behind me when I was really low on health so the, the sudden sound of oh, okay, that's an X, Y, Z then suddenly <laughs> makes you fear for your life because you are fearing for your life <laughs> um, death actually just puts you you know, back into your habitat with the stuff that you most recently saved in your inventory, I believe. Like, so obviously you'd lose a few things, but not absolutely everything. Uh, so I like that as an approach. I've never been one for... Oh. Okay, that's the sound that it makes when you... Yeah, when you find a new sort of data point um, that gets added to your, to your info info bank I'm currently actually inside a wreckage having a look at uh, various rooms within that just so that I could see whether anything has been left that I could make use of or you know the sort of general salvage <laughs> mentality so I Right. Gonna, ah, yes. Oh, I do have a um, <laughs> a flashlight. That would be useful, wouldn't it? Oh, brilliant! And there's a bottle of water in a crate. So that could not have come at a better time. Cool, cool. Oh, uh, yeah. I want to scan this thing that I have found on the floor. Okay. There we go. Right. 
So that was the sound of me having scanned enough fragments of a thing that I can now build it through my various, like, fabricator libraries and things like that. So, hmm. But I have done that thing of getting a bit turned around while exploring and so I need to okay I <laughs> I hope that I ah cool So yeah, that was just me trying to work out what it was that I was trying to scan. and Because if you scan things that you already have the bits for, you actually get titanium resources instead, which can be super useful or it can just sort of clog up your inventory, which, you know, so you need to be a bit careful on that front right now. I would really like to stop being just in all of these oh, tunnels. <laughs> Wouldn't that be lovely? Okay. Right. What else? Aha. That's outside, so I'm not gonna <laughs> look at a panic. I'm not gonna look around. Yeah, that's outside. <laughs> Does not sound like it, but um. Mm. <laughs> Integrating new PDA data. Okay. Uh, oh, no, I've already got that. Okay, so I think I'm actually at the very. Mm, the very bottom of this structure and so I need to start getting out okay that's useful at least I'm sort of got my bearings okay so that was the data Terminal, and then I go over here, and then I pick this thing up, up through here. Okay, this is probably the part where I am going to run out of oxygen because. <laughs> I have done the exact thing that I said don't do. Right, yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh! Oh well. So, that, okay, so I can show you what happens or tell you what happens. So I've spawned in my, that base that I told you about at the very beginning with everything that I had in my inventory before I headed out. Um, and I think, yeah, 
the sea moth is actually out where I left it, so where I parked it to go exploring the um, the little uh, fragment of wreckage. And so, hopefully, if I swim all the way back to that, I... <laughs> and if I do not get lost <laughs> inside the wreckage, I should be able to pick up the um, the resources that I'd gathered. I think, I think they drop when you... Um, when you die can't guarantee that though but it's worth a go anyway mm. <laughs> but yeah so I guess maybe my death is a a good point at which to end this slightly strange podcast um, I don't know whether it was a success <laughs> Definitely you have had a chunk of time where somebody has talked about a game that they are playing and you hopefully have a sense of that game <laughs> and what you can do within it without having too many spoilers uh, thrown your way. <laughs> I'm still 400 metres away from the sea moth, so uh, so I've just gone above the surface of the water. That's what that splashing was, so that I can switch out my air tanks and um, replenish both of them fully. <sighs> Anyway, <laughs> I guess thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Oh, I knew I'd do this wrong. I was too busy concentrating on my resource situation. <laughs> okay, so let's do this properly. If you would like to uh, keep up with our various other side projects, we post them all on crateandcrowbar.com. We have a Patreon if you would like to donate to help support those projects, which is, I believe, patreon.com forward slash crowbar. We also have... Um, a Discord channel where lots of lovely community people chat about all manner of things, not just video games. Um, you can find the link to that on our website. Uh, on Twitter, we are at Crate and Crowbar. You can message us there. Uh, if you have questions, uh, I believe normal service will resume next week. So you should just email whatever questions you have to uh, <laughs> questions at crateandcrowbar.com. Um, hmm, what else? We're on YouTube. That's Crate and Crowbar as well. <laughs> and I guess finally if you would like to follow me <laughs> oh, <laughs> who even knows at this point 
<laughs> it's at Philippa War on Twitter, which is P H I L I P P A W A R. Um, and just because people like us to mention the name of the game a second time in case they missed it the first time, um, the thing that I have been playing this whole time is Subnautica by Unknown Worlds. Okay. Awesome. I think, I think that's actually everything now. So <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>